Welcome to the Strong Men, Strong Marriages podcast. Here we are on a mission to get strong, get attractive, and get the marriage of our dreams. I'm your host, Mike Frazier. Let's do this. All right, man. Hey, I wanted to give you a special bonus episode. This is actually a module from uh, my program, Strong Men, Strong Marriages, but it's so valuable and just so on my mind and my heart lately. just wanted to share it with you guys. Um, it's one of the most valuable, most important lessons in the whole program. Um, and so, yeah, I just want to share with you today how to build your self-worth, self-confidence, and self-esteem. Really how to approach life from a place of abundance and fullness. Like these are the secrets. I, I feel like I finally found it. I've been searching for this forever. This combination of things will help you just enjoy your life in a much more productive way and affect your life and relationships in really powerful ways. So yeah, enjoy it. And then if you want to learn how to apply these things and practice them every day and learn the strengths and skills to build a strong man, be that strong Christ-like man and create a strong marriage by building communication intimacy skills. Uh, come join us in Strong Men, Strong Marriages. Head over to strongmenstrongmarriages.com to apply to join and I'm uh, looking forward to seeing you there. All right, guys, this is probably my favorite module in this whole thing. This is going to unlock just some amazing things for you and your life. Um, so yeah, we're talking about how to build self-worth, self-confidence, and self-esteem. And they are three different things. We're going to talk about what each of them are today. So self-confidence. So confidence, one of the definitions of that is trust. Like, you know, um, that's just one of the dictionary definitions. Confidence equals somebody that you trust to do something. So really, the to have self-confidence means you can trust yourself. It means when I say something, I'm going to do it. Basically, it just means being a man of your word. That's how you build self-confidence. It's not complicated. That's how you do it. Okay. You can also get confidence in like um, an ability, right? So like at first, maybe like when you were a kid and you were trying to pour a cup of water, you know, you spilled everywhere. You can figure it out. But now that you've done that, you know, thousands of times, you're confident that you will pour without spilling. Okay. So but it comes back to that idea of trust again. Like I can trust myself to do that. I trust I'm going to, you know, I play pickleball and tennis, like, and I've hit a forehand enough times that I can trust myself that I will hit that ball over the net, you know, most of the time. <laughs> okay. So just cause you've done it a lot of times. Okay. So that's how you build trust. You make and keep promises. Okay. You follow through on things and then you, you practice things enough that you trust yourself to do it in a certain way. Okay. The other way that we build self-confidence is by doing hard things. All right. So, um, you know, doing like pushing yourself to do something you feel like you can't do, and then you do it and then you're like, wow, like I could do it. Okay. That builds your self-confidence. Right. But again, it's trust. Like I didn't think I could do it and now I can, like I trust myself to be able to do it. Okay. So with, with regards to this program, the way you're being, you're building self-confidence is following through. Like you committed to do this daily work, now do it, right? That will build your self-confidence versus if you commit to it and don't do it, that starts eroding your self-confidence, okay? And also you can't trust yourself. Other people can't trust you, okay? This is also why we track integrity every day in the program, right? Because that builds your self-confidence every day. And you're looking, okay, did I have to keep my word? Was I a man of my word, right? That's gonna build your self-confidence, okay? So then self-esteem. Self-esteem is just how you talk to yourself and how you view yourself. It's basically that internal dialogue that's going on in your head. Okay. 
So the morning evening interview, they help with this, right? That's why we talk about yourself. What, how do I want to feel about myself? I want to feel loving. I want to feel good. I want to feel confident, right? So the things that will get you there are reminding yourself, Hey, like you are loved, you're worthy. Like I'm a, I'm a son of God, right? We'll get into that self-worth part in a minute too. It's very important. But again, that morning evening interview, they help you kind of rewire the way you talk about yourself and think about yourself. A lot of us as high achieving guys, we have a habit of beating ourselves up a lot. Oh, you didn't do this. You failed there, right? That wasn't good enough. Okay. And so we're trying to shift that. Right. And we're going to talk a lot about the gap and the gain in a minute, which is really the secret to this. Um, but the thing is, when we beat ourselves up all the time, we be- become dependent on other people to build us up. So if we're always saying, oh, man, internally, man, I'm a loser, man, I, I tried this program and I'm not really doing it. I'm not following through. I'm not, you know, I can't trust myself. I, I'm the worst. Right. We feel down. Our self-esteem drops. OK, we're not attractive. And also we become dependent on other people to build us up. So we become kind of a mosquito in that situation. All right. So if you've ever seen the the movie or read the book, Matilda, um, one of my favorite books and movies, my wife's favorite book, um, there's two characters. So there's, there's Miss Trunchbull, who's the principal of the school. And she's really mad at the kids all the time. She's, um, you know, she, she tells the kids like, grow up quicker, right? just screaming at them and telling them they're piss worms, like just really mean. Um, but a lot of us, we're, we're like that to ourselves, like grow up quicker, get better, faster. Right. Um, and it sort of motivates us, but it motivates us in this way that we never feel good enough. Okay. And so we become dependent on other people to build us up. Then there's Miss Honey. Miss Honey is Matilda's teacher and she's just so kind, so sweet, you know, Miss Honey, clever name. Um, but just so supportive, very loving of the kids, very encouraging of their talents and gifts. And people come in there, Matilda comes in there with special abilities and Miss Honey helps her grow those by providing her love and support. Okay. So I want to talk to ourselves a lot more like Miss Honey than Miss Trunchbull, really kind of talking to yourself like you would a little kid. Okay. Because a lot of the self-esteem stuff, it comes from our childhood. Okay. Getting the messaging that we needed to do more that we weren't good enough. Maybe our parents wanted us to get straight A's all the time. They wanted us to achieve certain things. We kind of had this in mind. Okay. To be loved, to be good enough. I have to achieve these certain things. Kind of that trunchbull attitude. Okay. So you want to think, okay, like the way I'm talking to myself right now, would I talk to my five-year-old that way? Would I tell him, Oh, like you suck, you know, you're, you're a loser. Right. But we talk to ourselves like that. Sometimes you're a failure. Okay. You wouldn't talk to a kid like that. And when you talk to yourself that way, again, you, you beat yourself down, your self-esteem drops because you're talking to yourself in a negative way. Okay. And then you become dependent on other people to build you up instead. Okay. Also, you just feed that idea of not good enough. Okay. It's that not good enough syndrome inside of you that's going on here. Okay. And again, that's what drives a lot of high achieving guys. And you might be resonating with this. Yeah, I always feel not good enough. I feel like I'm not making enough money. I feel like I'm not doing enough for church. I feel like I'm not, you know, a good enough husband and a good enough father. Okay, that dialogue, it's probably gone on in your head a lot of times now, right? And, but I'm going to tell you the secret right now. It's going to break you out of that. So get excited. <laughs> All right. So this comes from a book, The Gap and the Gain. Outstanding. 100% recommend reading that book. It is the absolute secret to abundance and self-esteem. I feel like I've been looking for this answer forever. And, you know, 
what I'm sharing with you in this little presentation here, it's a summary of a lot of different things, but like, this is one of the biggest ones. Okay. It is the secret to self, to abundance and self-esteem. Okay. And the idea is we just, we measure success backwards instead of measuring ourselves against some ideal or standard. So even like, uh, so I grew up in, uh, in, in the LDS church. Now I consider myself a non-denominational Christian, but growing up in the LDS church, there was this idea of like being perfect. Okay. And if we measure ourselves against the standard of perfection, we always are failing hundred percent of the time we're failing. Okay. So, you know, there you can have that idea. Uh, I definitely had that mindset of like money. Oh, like how I, like I'm here now, but I got to get to the next level. I got to get to the next level. I got to get to the next level. Right. Um, so instead of that, we start measuring our success backwards. Okay. So the idea here is where you were, okay. Physically, financially, mentally, emotionally, right. To where you are now, that's the gain. Okay. So if you look back and you can say, man, like spiritually, I have grown a lot in the last year, in the last few months. Okay. And again, this is why every day we're looking at wins, right? We're looking at, okay, what, where did I grow? Like what gains did I make this week, this today, right? Every day we're looking at wins every day. We're looking at gains. And this is why it's really important. Okay. So, you know, we look back, we look at that growth and we can feel good right? We feel motivated, like, man, yeah, I have come a long way. I have done a lot, right? And that success, you know, helps you feel grateful, helps you feel full, helps you come from a place of fulfillment already, instead of like, oh, I have to get here instead. So like for me with my business, a, a great example, right? I used to approach it much more from the gap. Line. Okay. So let me explain what the gap is. The gap is where you are now to where you want to be. That's the gap. Okay. So you know, have this goal to, to help, you know, a certain number of, of men each year, right. Through my program or to have my podcast, get a certain number of listeners each year. Right. So I can, a couple ways I can focus on that goal. One way is to say, Oh, like I'm not there. I, I need to get there. I'm not good enough where I am now. Right. And that does motivate you kind of, but then when you get to that next level, you're, you're just in that same mindset of wanting to go to the next level again. In other words, you're living in the gap all the time. Okay. Versus coming from the gain. So like for me, when I look at this business and I can say, man, like look at the number of guys I've helped already, man, I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for the wins they're having. I'm so grateful for the wins I'm having. That actually still motivates me to go and help more men, but it's from a much better spot right? A much more attractive spot to people, right? If I'm, if I'm out there saying, Oh, I need you to do my program so I can feel good about myself. Like you won't want to join the program. But if I'm out there saying, Hey, look, this program's helped so many men, I'd love for it to help you too. You know, it's, it's going to, and I'm already feeling that fullness that I want to share. That's more attractive. That makes you want to join the program, right? So it's just a totally different mindset, but you don't lose motivation by living in the game right? By living in gratitude, by looking at your, your, uh, your wins, right? So there's the idea that the hedonic treadmill, this never enough idea is always wanting to get there, never being accepted, never accepting yourself where you are, always wanting to get to the next level, right? Financially. So again, for me personally, financially, right? You know, so I, I go through, um, you know, college was making, you know, the, $4,000 a year, probably during college. Uh, and then, you know, going to medical school, like losing money, basically Then I was making like 4,000 a month as a resident that I went up to like 20 grand a month as a psychiatrist. And that was like a huge jump. Right. And I was so excited, but pretty soon because 
<clears throat> because my mindset was more of the never enough mindset. That was enough. I wanted more. I wanted more. I wanted more. Right. You can maybe relate to that, right? The amount you have now, you can, you're kind of thinking, well, I want more. Right. And it's not wrong to want more. Right. But the problem is if we're always coming from this gap mindset, it will never be enough because there's always a next level. Okay. If we always want to get to the next level, we will never be happy. Right. And that's a bad place to be. Okay. Always striving. Okay. So again, the gap is sort of motivating. It's kind of like a dog chasing you. One of the, when I ran track in middle school, my coach told me to imagine a dog chasing you. And look, it is motivating, right? Cause you want to get away from that, but it's not super attractive to other people. Right. And it doesn't feel that good to always be like living in fear, like something's chasing you. Okay. You, you might accomplish some good things. You might run in fast race, but you don't feel very good about that. Okay. That's the thing. The dog's always chasing you. It never gives up, right? If that's the way you're motivating yourself, you won't ever get out of it. So in, in the book, it tells the story about Dan Jensen. So he was a, a speed skater. Okay. So he was, he was very talented, but he had no medals over 10 years of, of skating in the Olympics. Okay. So he was in the 1994 Olympics and that was his, uh, his last chance to medal. Okay. So it seemed like he was almost cursed. Like he, he fell down a few times during races, like his sister died. So he was like emotionally all, you know, out of it in one of the Olympics. So just stuff kept happening. And he was definitely like living in that gap of like, man, I keep going to the Olympics, but I have no medals. Like I have all these other things, but I have no Olympic medals. So kind of living in that gap, wanting to achieve it. So it goes in 1994 Olympics. That was, again, his pretty much his last chance to medal. So, he skated the 500 meters, which was considered his, his best event, and he finished eighth place. So you can imagine like that gap mindset, man, I wanted a medal so bad, but I never got there, right? It'd be really easy to slip into that gap mindset and get down and defeated, right? Okay. Or it's like push really hard for it, you know, saying, oh, I need it. I need it. I need it. I need it. But then, you know, probably not getting it, which he'd been doing. So his last event was the thousand meters and he considered it his weakest event. So what he did is he changed his mindset. He went from the gap of no metal to focusing on the game. Okay. So he started thinking about his coaches, his family, his friends, his skating experiences, how he was considered one of the best skaters of all time. Started thinking about his love for skating, what skating had done for him. You know, he, you know, the fact that he was just even in the Olympics at all. So he was in tears. He was just like overwhelmed by what he gained throughout his life as a skater. Okay. And, you know, able to comprehend how fortunate he was to be in this situation at all. Like he was skating in the Olympics and what a miracle that is really. So he decided that this final Olympic event that he was going to do, it would be an expression of gratitude for, you know, a way of saying thank you and goodbye to the sport, the people and the experiences. So, he, he went out there, he skated with gains at, in his life as his motivation. Okay. Not the dogs chasing me, but man, let me just express to God, to myself, to the world, like, thank you for this. Okay. So, and he, he later said, this was the happiest he'd ever skated in his whole life. In that race, he broke the world record and he, he won a gold medal. So, so amazing. Right. And, and the, the, concept is happiness. It's where you start. It's not where you finish. Okay. So here's the thing, right? And we talk about this in the program too, how, when you make your goal, being the man that you want to be right. And again, this is one of the big secrets, like 
seeing how you're already growing into that man and living from that place, right? I'm already growing more into the man God, God wants me to be. And I'm so grateful for that. And there's even more to go, right? And I'm excited for that versus, oh, there's more to go. I'm still a loser, right? You see the difference? So again, happiness is where you start. If you can already be grateful for where you are now, you've already won. And paradoxically, that actually motivates you even more than living in that lack, okay? So to build your self-esteem, focus on your gains, right? And it really does motivate you, okay? Remind yourself of your gains often. Remind yourself every day like we do in this program. Add them to your morning review, right? Where have you grown spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, and sexually? Just in the time you've been in this program or over the years, right? Where has your growth come from? What wins are you experiencing in your relationship already, right? And that's why, again, we do the daily and the weekly wins to keep you in this gain mindset. Okay. It's not, I'll be happy when I finally, you know, do a thousand reps of this or when, you know, my wife finally gives me a kiss or has sex with me, right? It's being happy and grateful now. Okay. And that's why we review again, what you love about your wife, right? What you love about yourself every day, being grateful for your wife now. Okay. Then that motivation, you're already coming from that full place, right? You're already in abundance. You already feel grateful for what you have. That's attractive. And then it's not that you give up at that point. You feel good and you still want to do more, but again, it's a place from fullness, not emptiness. Okay. And those are attractive emotional states, feeling grateful, feeling happy, feeling full, feeling loved, right? That's why we get ourselves there every day. Okay. Okay. So guys, it's, it's huge, man. If you can live in this spot, right. Of just knowing, man, look at, look at how far I've come and being grateful for that you know, and having that gratitude motivates you to do even more, right? Instead of, oh yeah, well, I came this far, but I still have to go, you know, a million more miles, right? That's the common way to look at it, but that just doesn't feel good, right? It does motivate you kind of, but in a way that will never be fulfilling. So again, guys, this is the secret. Live in that, live in your gains every day, okay? Look at the wins every day. All right. So that's self-esteem. So let's look at self-worth. Self-worth and self-esteem kind of tie together, um, but there's certain self-worth booby traps. Okay. So these are things like money. Okay. When I, you know, I, I have this money, this much money, so I feel good about myself or status, right? Or education. I have these degrees so I can feel, I can feel good about myself. Intelligence, physical strength or athletic skill, popularity, job or physical attributes. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm handsome. I'm, you know, I, uh, have a good body, right. Or righteousness. I keep the commandments this way, but here's the thing with all of these things. If your self-worth is tied there, it's based on comparison to other people. And so it will always fail. Okay. It's like with money. Oh, I have more money than this guy. Oh shoot. But I have less than this guy. Right. So or status. Yeah, I have this much status, but this guy has more and this other person has less. Okay. I'm kind of in the middle education. I have this many degrees, but that guy has this many degrees intelligence. I'm pretty, I'm smarter than that person, but I'm not as smart as this person. See, there's always comparison there. And so it is doomed to failure. It's doomed to failure, right? Because it makes you do one of two things. If your self-worth is based on comparison, you're either going to push other people down either mentally or on purpose. And a lot of times you take this out on your wife, right? Unfortunately, that's what happens. So like you, you think you're, you know, more than her, you think you're better. You, you know more about her with money, right? Uh, with sex, you know, you're more sexually advanced with, um, 
religion, the way you worships better than the way she worships, right? So she can take the brunt of a lot of this and you can kind of push her down. And while that can kind of work for a while, it eventually it doesn't work and it doesn't create attraction. It doesn't create intimacy. It creates a codependency, right? Codependency basically means you get your value from feeling superior to her and she you know, is okay with feeling inferior to you, right? That's basically what's going on in codependency, right? You need to be needed and she likes to be needy, right? It's kind of what happens in codependency. It can kind of go both ways. In some ways you might be the needy one and needing her attention, appreciation, affection, validation, right? That's all we talk about. Your wife can prop up your ego or your penis, but not both. Okay. So if you, whether you are acting superior to her or whether you're like really needy for her to approve of you. Okay. Both part of the same thing. Your self-worth is based on comparison to other people. It can also keep you in that gap, right? Where if your self-worth is based on comparison, you could be like, Oh yeah, I make, I make a lot of money, but not as much as, you know, Elon Musk. So I'm a loser, right? Like, so you, you, it keeps you in that gap, which is unattractive. And then again, you rely on other people to build you up. Right. So either way, you're going to be unhappy. You're either arrogant or narcissistic. So the, the core of narcissism is I don't feel good about myself. And so I act superior all the time so that people can feed me the idea that I'm good enough or, or better, right? That's what's going on. Okay. That's arrogance. That's narcissism. Oh, I'm so much better than the people around me, right? But you're very reliant on being better than the people around you. Okay. It's a, it's a faulty sense of self-worth. It's always going to fail. And it's very unattractive. It can be attractive at first to a needy woman, right? But it won't be attractive long-term, right? Or you're just always like, Oh, I'm such a loser. Yeah. I didn't, you know, I don't, I don't have enough. I, I want more. I don't, I don't have what I want. Other people are better. Right. And that's also not attractive, right? People might come in and try to rescue you and build you up. And maybe you can kind of mope sometimes so that people will build you up. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's not attractive and it's not a recipe for a long-term intimate marriage. Okay. So where do you go with self-worth? Where you go with self-worth is remembering that we all have equal worth, equal value as children of God, right? So if you have kids, you know, you know this, like, do you love one kid more than the other kid? Do you think one kid is more valuable than another kid? No, right? Of course you don't, right? And, and God doesn't either, right? He values each of his children equally, right? So like one way to think about it is that we're all worth a hundred dollars. Okay. So Maybe that $100 bill is crinkled for some people. Maybe it looks a certain way. Maybe it's like dressed more sharply in some people than others, right? Um, but every person has that same value of $100. That's the way that's been helpful for me to think about it. Um, another way to think about it is that we all have really infinite worth, right? Enough that Jesus would die for us, that God would send his son to die for us, right? So we can live in that knowing, man, like a perfect person, died for me, right? A perfect person went through what he went through for me, right? Man, I have so much value because of that. And again, that's living in the gain. That's not based on comparison. So we're happy to share that, right? And that's the good news, right? That we can believe in Jesus and be saved and feel that, okay? We also have infinite potential, infinite potential to know God and Jesus, right? And then coming from that, man, like I'm a son of God. Wow. Like I can, you know, use my talents to, to serve people. I can, I can be with them. I can get to know him better. You know, we have that potential, right? So another way to think about it is like, we all have a hundred dollars, but sometimes we, we spend that hundred dollars in ways that are problematic, 
right? Um, but the good news is, you know, that money can be replenished an infinite number of times through Christ. That's what's so cool, right? That's the good news of the gospel, right? So, yeah, it's not saying that, like, if you went tomorrow and decided to be a uh drug dealer, that would be the best use of your potential. It probably wouldn't, right? But your worth as a person would still be the same. Okay. And then, you know, if you could repent or in other words, change and come back to Christ and do something that would be genuinely in service of other people, you can do that anytime. Again, thanks to what Jesus did. So that's what's so cool, right? So worth, that's not based on comparison. It's the only lasting sense of self-worth. Okay, because if it is based on comparison, again, you're pushing other people down or you are feeling inferior because someone has more than you. Okay, so instead, we have to have our self-worth really something that is just not based on comparison, something that doesn't move based on God's love for us, based on who we are, children of God. Then we also want to recognize, hey, I do have certain gifts and talents that God's given me and then use those to bless the lives of other people. So again, coming from that abundance mindset, it, it does tie back into that gap in the gain, right? Looking at the gain, man, like I've been put on this earth. God's given me all these gifts and talents, okay? And being so grateful for those that you want to go out and share them with the people around you. See the difference, right? Versus, yeah, I'm going to go and make $100 million this year because I'm awesome, right? No, it's like, okay, let's say you want to make $100 million this year, but it's like, okay, look, I have certain skills in business or, you know, probably business if it's $100 million. <laughs> And so how can I use those skills to really bless the lives of so many people that, you know, it's worth more than $100 million to those people. See how that question is so different and it motivates you from a place of abundance, a place of already having self-worth, of already having enough, and then wanting to go out and share that with other people. It's just so different. And this is where I want you guys to live. This is where I want to live every day, okay? So this book, You Are Special by Max Lucado, talks about this idea and talks about like the idea of comparison and self-worth booby traps and all that. I want you to listen to the whole thing because it's just it's so good. Okay. The Wemmicks were small wooden people. All of the wooden people were carved by a woodworker named Eli. His workshop sat on a hill overlooking their village. Each Wemmick was different. Some had big noses, others had larger eyes, and some were tall and others were short. Some wore hats, others wore coats. But all were made by the same carver, and all lived in the village. All day, every day, the Wemmicks did the same thing. They gave each other stickers. Each Wemmick had a box of golden star stickers and a box of grey dot stickers. Up and down the street, all over the city... People spent their day sticking stars or dots on one another. The pretty ones, those with smooth wood and fine paint, always got stars. But if the wood was rough or the paint chipped, the Wemmicks gave dots. The talented ones got stars too. Some could lift big sticks high above their heads or jump over tall boxes. Still others knew big words or could sing pretty songs. Everyone gave them stars. Some Wemmicks had stars all over them. Every time they got a star, it made them feel so good. It made them want to do something else and get another star. Others, though, could do little. They got dots. Punchinello was one of these. 
He tried to jump high like the others, but he always fell. And when he fell, the others would gather around him and give him dots. Sometimes when he fell, his wood got scratched, so the people would give him more dots. Then, when he would try to explain why he fell, he would say something silly, and the Wemmicks would give him more dots. After a while, he had so many dots that he didn't want to go outside. He was afraid he would do something dumb, such as forget his hat or step in the water, and then people would give him another dot. In fact, he had so many grey dots that people would come up to him and give him dots for no reason at all. He deserves lots of dots, the people would agree with one another. He's not a good person. After a while, Punchinello believed them. I'm not a good Wemmick, he would say. The few times he went outside, he hung around with other Wemmicks, who had lots of dots. He felt better around them. One day, he met a Wemmick, who was unlike any he'd ever met. She had no dots, or stars. She was just wooden, and her name was Lucia. It wasn't that people didn't try to give her stickers, it's just that the stickers didn't stick. Some of the Wemmicks admired Lucia for having no dots, so they would run up to her and give her a star. But it would fall off. Others would look down on her for having no stars, so they would give her a dot. But it wouldn't stay either. That's the way I want to be, thought Punchinello. I don't want anyone's marks. So he asked the stickerless Wemmick how she did it. It's easy, Lucia replied. Every day, I go and see Eli. Eli? Yes, Eli, the woodcarver. I sit in the workshop with him. Why? Why don't you find out yourself? Go up the hill. He's there. And with that, the Wemmick, who had no stickers, turned and skipped away. But will he want to see me? Punchinello cried out. Lucia didn't hear. So Punchinello went home. He sat near a window and watched the wooden people as they scurried around, giving each other stars and dots. It's not right, he muttered to himself, and he decided to go and see Eli. He walked up the narrow path to the top of the hill and stepped into the big shop. His wooden eyes widened at the size of everything. The stool was as tall as he was. He had to stretch on tiptoes to see the top of the workbench. A hammer was as long as his arm. Punchinello swallowed hard. I'm not staying here. And he turned to leave. And then he heard his name. Punchinello? The voice was deep and strong. Punchinello stopped. Punchinello? How good to see you. Come. And let me have a look at you. Punchinello turned slowly and looked at the large bearded craftsman. You know my name? The little Wemmick asked. Of course I do. I made you. Eli stooped down and picked him up and sat him on the bench. Hmm. The maker spoke thoughtfully as he looked at the grey dots. Looks like you have been given some bad marks. I didn't mean to, Eli. I really tried hard. 
Oh, you don't have to defend yourself to me, child. I don't care what the other Wemmings think. You don't? No, and you shouldn't either. Who are they to give stars or dots? They're Wemmicks, just like you. What they think doesn't matter. All that matters is what I think, and I think you are pretty special. Punchinello laughed. <laughs> Me? Special? Why? I can't walk fast. I can't jump. My paint is peeling. What do I matter to you? Eli looked at Punchinello, put his hands on those small wooden shoulders, and spoke very slowly. Because you're mine. That's why you matter to me. Punchinello had never had anyone look at him like this, much less his maker. He didn't know what to say. Every day I've been hoping you'd come, Eli explained. I came because I met someone who had no marks, said Punchinello. I know. She told me about you. Why don't the stickers stay on her? The maker spoke softly. Because she has decided that what I think is more important than what they think. The stickers only stick if you let them. What? The stickers only stick if they matter to you. The more you trust my love, the less you care about their stickers. I'm not sure I understand. Eli smiled. You will, but it will take time. You've got a lot of marks. For now, just come to see me every day, and let me remind you how much I care. Eli lifted Punchinello off the bench and set him on the ground. Remember, Eli said as the Wemmick walked out of the door, you are special because I made you, and I don't make mistakes. Punchinello didn't stop, but in his heart he thought, I think he really means it. And when he did, a dot fell to the ground. All right. So, man, it's such a powerful story. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's what, what God thinks that matters. You're about and just love you and love me and love each of his children so much. Um, and that's why every day in the program, we spend time with God, right? And we try to connect with that, um, that worth from God every day. So, um, and again, right? Like it's not based on comparison. When we remember how much God loves us and cares for us, we can operate again from fullness, from abundance, from knowing that, you know, we have value already. We're not out trying to earn that from other people, right? As a high achieving guy, you might be one of those women that have lots of stars, right? People praise you a lot. And then when your wife doesn't as much, you start getting upset about that, right? But the solution isn't for her to give you more stars. The solution is for you to already feel valuable from God, right? And then use those talents God has given you to serve the people around you, right? Already feeling full, not needing people to give you all these stars all the time. Okay. 
So self-confidence to review self-confidence comes from being a man of your word, doing hard things, building skills, right? You become more confident as you get better at things. Okay. That's why every day in the program, we track your daily integrity because being a man of your word, being trustworthy, that's the core thing, right? And then you build confidence in certain skills as you practice them, which is why we practice certain skills every day, like communication, intimacy, mental rehearsals. Okay. Self-esteem, it's a reflection of how you see yourself. Okay. And that's why every day we connect with God to kind of use that as the way we can see ourselves. You know, if we can see ourselves the way God sees us, even praying to see ourselves the way God sees us, super powerful right? So we're seeing that every day, spending time with God every day to remind ourselves of that worth that we have. Okay. So we do that every day in the best part of the program, right? This, this, there's reasons we do all these things. So then we also focus on our gains, right? To help build your self-esteem and give you that motivation to continue to grow and develop, but not from a, oh, I'm not good enough. I have to get better. Right. But from a, Hey, I'm already making so much progress and I'm so grateful for that. And I want to make even more, right? It doesn't, eliminate your motivation. It actually gives you more motivation, but from a place of already feeling good instead of thinking, oh, when I get here, I'll, I'll finally feel good because because you won't is the truth. And then just remember it's self-worth. It's already a given. So you don't need to go earn that, right? You have huge value as a person, as a son of God, right? We're all equally valuable in God's eyes, right? That was the point of that Max Lucado story, right? Like, you are special because God made you and God doesn't make mistakes, right? Just remembering that. And also remembering God has also given you certain gifts and talents, right? So we want to use those talents to go out and serve other people, right? But not from a place of them needing them to give us stars, right? But from a place of, look, I already feel great. And I want to bless other people with the things God's given me, right? So again, we serve from a place of fullness. We're motivated, we're motivated by gratitude and desire to share instead of lack, having that dog chasing us, feeling like we're never going to be enough. And when we finally get something, we'll finally be enough. It's the exact opposite. It's saying, look at how far I've come. Look at who I am in front of God. Look at the, the progress I've made already. And then going out to share that. Okay. So again, like get your worth from God and go out to serve right? Use these tools to do that. And I'm so excited for you to, to really feel that and feel that from a place of fullness and operate in the world in a way to really bless the lives of others with, with the gifts you've been given. So do these things every day, right? We have to remind ourselves because there's a lot of old programming that gets in the way of this, but this is really the secret to success in life. And in this program is building up that self-worth, self-confidence and self-esteem related to remembering who we are before God, being grateful for the gifts he's given us, being grateful for the progress we've made, and then going out to bless our families and, and the people through our work by what we do. All right, man. So glad to share this and, and uh, start applying it today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please leave a review on iTunes and share the episode with a friend so we can help create stronger men and stronger marriages across the world. And if you're ready to take your strength training and your marriage to the next level, visit strongmenstrongmarriages.com to learn how. I'll see you there.